good evening. I recall uh, tonight's April 14th meeting of the Appropriations Committee to order. At just past the hour of seven o'clock. We have one approved absentee this evening, Tony Petit. We do have enough uh, members for a quorum, so business will proceed as usual. Uh, everyone please stand with me for the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> First item on our agenda tonight is the approval of the minutes of April 7th. So I have a motion to approve the minutes. Janice Hyde has made a motion to approve. Do I have a second? Second. Tim has made a, uh, uh, has seconded. So we have a uh, motion was made and seconded. All in favor? All in, in all of, any opposed? We have no opposed and no abstentions. The motion to approve the minutes of April 7th uh, passes unanimously. Next on our uh, agenda is a review and approval of the committee's report to the town meeting. And I will turn this over to John Kadir to go through this with us. Sure, thank you, Mr. Chairman. So working with the chair, uh, we've put together an updated uh, committee's report. Uh, format is very similar to uh, years past. Um, in the front here, and I hope everybody's had a chance to, to review the narrative in the beginning, uh, I do wanna uh, say I would like uh, one opportunity to have, the finance director was not in today, so I want him to triple check the numbers, but certainly if anybody notices anything um, or noticed anything uh, prior to your meeting, uh, please let us know. Um, but it's a basic intro here um, following um, Similar comments that you've made before, just reminding folks of the uh, free cash policy, a little bit of the history, because I know people come and uh, they attend town meeting, they don't necessarily know about policy discussions that took place in 2010 that are driving and guiding the process that this committee follows as well as financial planning. So that little bit of that uh, history is, is in there as well. Um, and then uh, we've got a couple of uh, uh, paragraphs in here, one, just summarizing the really positive uh, outcome on our health insurance. As you know, we're looking at a 1% budgetary increase this year, uh, which leaves us with a uh, over a decade average increase in our health insurance budget of 2.88, which is just absolutely phenomenal. So a lot of active management, as you know, has gone into that. Um, the key budget increases uh, for the K-8 school, general government, Algonquin, and ACIBIT are called out in here specifically because those are individual articles that you're making recommendations on. If you look on page, uh, page four and five, uh, this is essentially the summary of the votes that you took at your meeting uh, last week. So uh, you have voted uh, to unanimously recommend uh, articles four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Skipping 22, uh, you're recommending 23, uh, 24 through 32. And the balance of the articles are non, not financial in nature. They're zoning articles and things that the, this body, as a group, 
does not need to take a position on. As individuals at town meeting, you're welcome to vote however you feel on any of the articles that you haven't formally taken a position on. So it might be helpful uh, tonight just to kind of walk through the balance of the, of the pages uh, just so that folks can, if you have any comments in terms of the, um, in terms of the uh, narrative. Uh, but each article that you have taken a position on, uh, this is a format that the former uh, chair had put together. So um, the article numbers in the left-hand column, the amount of the article is in the top left-hand quadrant. Your vote uh, recommendation is the top right-hand quadrant. And then this, the bottom half of each of these little snippets, it just has a few bullets to follow. So Article 4 um, reminds people that uh, there's a one-time or a limited $500,000 in free cash or 1% going into the operating budget for the policy. It's important to, to point that out because in fiscal 2021, we had $878,000 in one-time revenues, and that was due to the pandemic. Ultimately, we did not need to use that, but it was nice to have those reserves. So we're back in fiscal 22, but also in this budget, fiscal 23, we are back to the policy uh, amount of $500,000. And the importance in the target of that $500,000 is it's essentially 1% or less of the operating budget. So if something bad were to happen um, and we didn't generate a significant amount of free cash, uh, we would have at least 1% uh, and, um, and we would not create a structural deficit by an over-reliance on one-time revenues in the operating budget. Um, as part of the article, uh, motion for Article 4, if you look in the warrant booklet, uh, that's where we have the, um, the added uh, $200,000 in free cash that's being transferred to the stabilization fund. With that transfer, after all of the expenditures for the roughly $2 million in pay-as-you-go capital, that would still have our reserves maintained at approximately 8%. Our policy is to maintain financial reserves between 5 and 10%. Moody's, uh, Standard & Poor's, the bond rating agencies, would like to see us between 8 and 10%. The closer to 10%, the happier they get. And again, the financial reserves are on hand so that if we encounter some un unanticipated financial circumstances, be it a storm, a pandemic, or a, or a recession, we have those reserves and we'll be able to um, make good on our debt. So the uh, general government budget is going up 3.65%, and that includes funding for the um, Norfolk Agricultural School tuition. Uh, as you know, we've got uh, two students going uh, to the Norfolk uh, Agricultural School, and um, those fall into the general government side of the budget. I'm not sure why that is, but um, it happens that's how that gets budgeted. So that's included. That's the reason why uh, our target was 3.5%, so that delta to 3.65 are those um, Aggie students that got added in uh, at the end of February. Um, there's a statement here that overall the budgets that were presented were reasonable, they conform with town policies, and that we've endeavored to minimize the tax impact. So with the uh, state aid numbers where they are and everything sort of flushing out to date, now we still don't know the, the legislature uh, where they're at, but uh, essentially we're looking at an estimated tax impact now of about $513. If you go back to the trend monitoring in December, that number was $560. 
So it's gone down a little bit as uh, the big, the two factors are a little bit more, a uh, little bit, uh, well, state aid is roughly coming where it is. But the real big factor is that the high school assessment is essentially flat because of the shifting enrollment. And uh, back in December, we had estimated a 3.5% increase for all budgets. So that's the delta there. Um, uh, as you know, that $513, the other thing that I point out there uh, in that comment is that um, you know, roughly half of that increase is due to just market um, adjustments. So the single-family homes are uh, estimated to go up 10%. Uh, if you look at some of our neighboring communities, uh, I know uh, two of them have uh, tax bills estimated to be well over $1,000 in increase this year. And the driving factor behind that is the escalating single-family home value. Bob, you have a question or a comment? Yes, I do. Um, in the body of the uh, text, you, you say that the average single-family tax bill of $295, but over here you say that the increase is now 500 So it might get a little confusing. Where, where are you, Bob? In the, are you in the bullets under Article 4 section? I am in the bullets of Article 4. Okay. And it says 513 on the average single-family home value at 521. But if you go to the beginning of where you write the comments about final fiscal year 20 general fund budget results in increase in average single family tax bill of $295. That's 22. Right. That was giving some perspective. Yeah, this year? Um, so fiscal 22, uh, the average single family home tax bill was up 295. It's just a point of reference. And then the next, in the next uh, line down, uh, it discusses what's going on in fiscal 2023. Okay. So we're, so we're telling everybody we basically doubling yeah and essentially the, the 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 story here is it's it's doubling because the single-family home values are going up substantially okay. that's really the issue okay. um, if you think that's confusing we can delete the reference to fiscal uh, 2022 sorry Again, just following, I think we're just following the sort of the template before. Usually it's sort of a recap of this is here we, where we wound up in the prior fiscal year, and this is what we're estimating for the upcoming fiscal year. Yeah. It's clear. Sure? Yeah. It's just a little shocking. That's all to me. Well, it would be a lot more shocking if you were in Shrewsbury or Westboro or Southboro because it's going to be up significantly more. Through the chair, you got a question? Oh, yes, Tim. <clears throat> um, the only thing I wanted to point out with that is it's not that increase isn't driven by increase in spending. Correct. It's, just, it's an increase in the, the, the value of the homes and the way that the money needs to be collected in town. It's not it's not that the, the budget has doubled, it's just that the way the money is collected or the way the town collects revenue, it's driven by home values yeah that's a great point Tim it doesn't result in any additional tax revenues for us because it's in part it's a shifting between the single-family home values because they're escalating versus multifamily and commercial industrial so if you go back to uh, the prior recession when uh, single-family home values were plummeting and uh, and commercial industrial was actually going up we had uh, years where the single-family home tax bill either went up uh, 20 bucks or actually went down one year. No. So these are normal market forces. I understand the point. So I'm just saying that someone, a layman, would look at this and say our taxes are doubling. 
Well, they are for a single-family home. Again, we're just trying to be transparent and trying to do the best that we can explaining the factors behind it. I think one of the things that's helpful is, um, as again, as we always all tend to do, is like, well, what's happening in our neighboring communities when you see that the neighboring communities are talking about eleven or $1,300 increases for the same reason. Um, it just is what it is. It's, it's, it's it, you know, I mean, think of it this way. If, if you're, you know, if you're, uh, if you're, uh, if your assets, you know, appreciated in value by 10%, you got to pay the taxes on that, that increase. So the alternative is that your home doesn't increase in value. So oh, that's fine. I'm just preparing you for possible questions on that. Okay. Yeah, it is what it is. And that's why, um, that's why we try to explain, you know, what's happening. I, I think anybody right now who's, paying attention at all and reading the paper realizes that if you could cash out on your home right now uh, and you were ready to move down south or something, now would be the time to do it because the home values are through the roof and the demand is outstripping the um, availability of housing. So, Yes, Tim. Uh, I just wanted to point out because it's, it's just an important distinction to make. Um, taxes aren't doubling. Correct. <clears throat> the increase from last year's, the increase last year was $295. The increase this year is going to be, was it 513 513 yep. So it's the increase that's double. It's not like your taxes are going from $8,000 a year to $16,000. It's about a 6% increase for a single family home. Right. Right. So, but again, the, you know, the single family homes have been going up in, you know, between 5 and 10%, you know, each year. So it, it is what it is. So we had, like I said, years prior in the last recession when the housing bubble popped and you know commercial industry was going up. You know, our uh, our single family home taxes were flat, and one year actually went down. So these are the normal market forces. You know, we don't. Sometimes we'll try to artificially manipulate the tax bills and shift the taxes around, but um, but uh, you know the market is what what it is. And again, if your asset is appreciating, you're going to pay a little bit more. Uh, you know, if you look at it, one other way to look at it is that you know, Northboro is a very desirable community, which in part is driving up the home values and the scarcity. So, bang for your buck, we're still uh, we're still one of the best. Um, so just continuing on, uh, there's just uh, a uh, outline of those budgets. All right, let me go back to uh, Article 5 is the water and sewer enterprise funds and the solid waste enterprise funds. So um, again, uh, you had those presentations uh, with you. We're just spelling out the individual funds and then overall, uh, overall the enterprise uh, funds are um, actually down for a variety of reasons, about uh, negative 4.7% uh, overall, mostly due to the MWRA assessment falling back because of the pandemic. Uh, K-8 schools, again, 3.4%. Um, the Algonquin is, a, as I said, relatively flat between the operating assessment and the debt assessment. They're only up 0.28%. $38,000 now. One of the things to keep in mind is I think this is going to be a very good year for us because um, the House and the Senate just released um, their 
minimum aid numbers. So the minimum aid per student increase is $30. The town asked for $100. The MMA asked for $100. But it looks like the House and the Senate are talking about $60. So uh, at the end of the state aid process, and again, we won't know what our final state aid numbers are until well after town meeting. Um, if I were a betting man, uh, my suspicion would be that overall our assessment for the high school will actually be negative. Not by much, but I think it'll be negative. Because they are going to get a little bit more in state aid. And it's only going up, you know, it's only going up $21,000 on the operating budget side right now. So I think the increase, a little bit more in state aid will negate that. So we'll actually see uh, probably a negative. And we may have a little bit more information by the time we get to town meeting. Next, you've got Assabet Valley. Uh, the whole story there is uh, overall the operating and debt assessment is up 17.36% or $185,450, and that is due to the fact that we're sending nine more kids there, and that's really the, the story. Uh, and again, we're trying to hit the high points in terms of like two or three bullets on each of these. So if anybody has any comments, if you think a bullet is relevant or irrelevant or should be uh, better explained, you know, by all means, we can do that. Article 9 is the reauthorization of revolving funds. It's a housekeeping matter. That's actually part of the consent agenda. Um, Article 10 is your appropriation committee's reserve fund, which is $175,000. And, um, you know, typically... You know, that's been the amount uh, in 2021. We added another $200,000 to that on a one-time basis because of the pandemic. I'm happy to report we didn't use it. Uh, the nice thing about this is the funding source is free cash, so available funds. So it's set aside an account that this committee can use for unanticipated expenses during the year. If you don't use it, it just rolls back to free cash. So... Um, uh, Right now, that $175,000 level has been pretty much where we've been for the last you know, five, six years, with the exception of fiscal 2021. Uh, most often, that is used for snow and ice or storm overdrafts, things that you can't protect, uh, predict, uh, which is actually is a good um, uh, telegraph to you that uh, after town meeting and prior to the close of the fiscal year, uh, we will be coming to you for some year-end transfers out of your fiscal 22 uh, appropriated reserve account, uh, primarily for snow and ice uh, overdraft. We had a lot of uh, snow events and a lot of salting. The salt is what killed us this year. Um, so uh, we anticipate that those uh, overdrafts will fall within the 175000 uh, As we do every year, we try to deal with any overages within the current fiscal year, even though snow and ice is one of the only accounts that you legally could kick to the next year because nobody knows what's going to happen with snow. We budget a six-year rolling average, so we're realistic. We don't under-budget. Uh, and uh, in all the time that I've been the town administrator, 14 years or so, uh, we've <coughs> always managed any of those overdrafts within the current fiscal year through transfer. So, But anyway, that's your reserve account. Uh, then you move into the capital items. you got three police cruisers for 165000 the fire ambulance uh, replacement for 400000 uh, unlike most of these, uh, they're being funded with free cash, so there's no additional tax impact. And so we've indicated on the bullets for each one that has no additional tax impact. With regard to Article 12, the ambulance replacement, 
Uh, that is a uh, debt authorization. More than likely, what we do with those is we float bond anticipation notes, and usually we're able to pay it off before we have to issue permanent debt. So uh, it's just a way of smoothing out the payment plan for the revolving, the EMS revolving fund, which is essentially, you know, ambulance user fees. Uh, Article 13 is 454000 for the uh, roadway maintenance. As you know, our target is $1.1 million each year. Last couple of years, we've had a few culverts we've had to replace. So uh, typically, this is 300000 So it's, uh, we had good free cash this year. So we increased it a little bit, as you know. And that'll help get us back on track. Uh, Article 14 is $300,000 for culvert uh, replacements. Uh, if we cannot get a grant um, for an earmark, uh, more than likely that $300,000 will pay for the Lincoln Street culvert, which is, uh, which is in need of replacement. Article 15 is $130,000 for the truck. Article 16 is $340,000 for one of the very, the really large 20-ton dump trucks. These last about 20 years, as you well know. Uh, and we replace one of those uh, every other year. Right? We have 10 of them. Article 17 is a loader replacement. Article 18 is the backhoe replacement for 195000 19 is 154000 for the master plan uh, downtown master plan study. So as you all know, coming out of the, the town-wide master plan that was completed in 2020, the top priority of the implementation committee was to look at a downtown revitalization project that begins with a focused uh, scope of services that looks at the downtown and does a whole visioning process for the downtown. So that's Article 19. Article 20 is the sewer inflow and infiltration. This is the actual fixing of the leaks that uh, we detect in our system. And uh, that will have no additional tax impact uh, or any additional impact on the fee structure that's coming out of essentially fund balance or free cash for the uh, sewer enterprise fund. Uh, Article 21 is the repurchase of 4 West Main Street uh, for $10,000 if necessary. Uh, I mean, if the $10,000 is necessary, uh, that's just the town exercising its right of, of, of uh, repurchase under the 40-year-old agreement. And then you have Articles 23 through 32, which are the Community Preservation Act articles. There's not a lot of explanation here, given that uh, the Community Preservation will be making their own presentation on these, but um, they total uh, just over $2 million in appropriations and um, uh, this committee voted uh, to recommend approval of the Community Preservation Act articles. I should also mention just for the record that the Financial Planning Committee recommends unanimously recommended approval of all of the capital articles and then at their meeting on Monday the Board of Selectmen uh, recommended approval of the uh, operating budget articles which are um, Articles 4 through 8. So they tend, to, uh, they tend to take a position on the operating budgets. I think in part um, they do that because uh, they set the table in terms of policies, in terms of tax increases and uh, trend monitoring, and the fact that every operating budget on the general government side as well as the schools came in within the within the forecasts and the template that we laid out back in December. 
So, uh, so the board has recommended approval. So, uh, based on the actions that have already been taken, um, I'm pleased to report tonight that going to town meeting, this will be, I think, our 14th or our 15th year where we've had unanimous support and a recommendation of approval for all operating budgets, all capital projects, and all CPC articles. So that's it, it shows that uh, we have a good process. And, um, and uh, as I say every year, uh, you know, I can maybe put a quick one by you, maybe one year. By the second year, you might catch me. But after, you know, a decade and a half, it's the process and it's the information, and it's the planning, and it's the policies, and it's the procedures that are, are playing out and panning out for us. So uh, so that essentially is the report. Um, I don't know if anybody has any questions or comments. Uh, typically, the way this would work is, um, again, the bulk of the report is just simply stating the votes that you've taken and given the information in terms of what the budgets are. It's, it's just factual in nature. If anything, uh, the only editorial type statements is made in the uh, transmittal letter, which uh, which Rick worked on. So, um, so at this point, <clears throat> through the chair, I don't know if anybody has any questions or uh, comments or amendments that you'd like to make to your report. As long as there isn't anything substantive, um, as I said, I would uh, like the finance director who is out today. To check all the numbers one more time. Uh, again, this is this is your rec your report. Uh, we want it to be accurate, um, and uh, but it's the warrant that will get voted on, not the report. But I, I would just like to have one more set of eyes go through the numbers, make sure that uh, there's no typos or transposed numbers or anything like that. So uh, typically, we'd ask that um, the committee uh, would recommend uh, the report but allow the chair to make any minor edits that are necessary if we find a typo or a transpose number or something like that. I think, <clears throat> I think I'd like to question one article, uh, I believe it's Article 43, the citizen's petition for the uh, Gold Star parents. This is something I, I questioned last year because if this article passes, it will have a detrimental effect on the taxes of every taxpayer in town. and. Uh, We've seen that the for the average family home, if just one person signs up uh, for this, it can mean over a 10-year period anywhere of a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar impact that the rest of the town will have to absorb, and that's uh, just for one family. We don't know how many families will take advantage of this. Uh, there aren't many towns that are doing this, uh, which makes our town look much better to move to. It could show an influx over time, and because it's, this is a tax impact, I think our committee should take a stance on it. Do you have any comments from the committee on this? I would, I would just I would just say that um, so this was an article that was placed on here by the board of selectmen last year. Uh, it did not pass at town meeting, as you all know. Um, the board did uh, did not place it on the warrant this year. Um, it would, came through as a citizen's petition. And um, so last year, the Appropriations Committee didn't take a formal position on it. I know some of you spoke as individuals. Uh, so again, there's no right or wrong on this. It, it really comes down to the what the desire of the committee is. Jim? Um, <clears throat> I would... Um, 
I would support it. I think it's the least the town could do for people that have made that sort of sacrifice for the for the country. Um, I think last year when the presentation was made, there was a lot of open ends to it and a lot of questions. I'm hoping that this year they've addressed a lot of those questions. What are the qualifications? How many people can be on it? How many people in town would be on it? Um, I think when you start to aggregate things over the course of, to your point, 10, 20 years, and you get 100 to $200,000, um, that's against over 10 to 20 years of $70 million per year budget. So you're looking at 700 to 1.4 billion dollars in budgetary dollars <coughs> sort of spend a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars to give people that have have lost lost loved ones I think my big comment this year is <coughs> we've seen the uh, the economy is uh, kind of going downhill we've had uh, it's going to be it's going to be like that for, for a while to come this this bill is only going to increase that we have over 30% of our town is elderly and on fixed incomes and this could be that one straw that uh, breaks their back my big thing about this bill to begin with was that it's uh, not fair and that it only applies to the parents that own a home if they have a condo if they have an apartment if they're in assisted living they get nothing it's a uh, uh, the other thing I've seen is that this should also apply to police and fire, not just not just the uh, servicemen, because this applies for if, if it was to, if a person that was killed in combat, that would really mean something. If this just if you die in the service, and you know you you die at home, and I don't see why that makes any any difference because you died in the service, why anyone should get these benefits. And it's mostly to uh, parents that are pretty well, if they have a home, their mortgage is paid or just their help paid. And it's just uh, giving away free money that doesn't benefit the servicemen or any other servicemen. It's actually going, like I said last year, it's going against the policies. Uh, the serviceman is there. He fought for his country, his uh, state, his town, his, his family. And in his death, if he knew his death was going to cause harm, to those people he left behind. It, I think we're going against the actual servicemen's wishes. Uh, so I, I, I just, I myself personally, I couldn't, uh, I still couldn't go for this article the way it's uh, written by the state. If, if I may, just a couple of statements. One, just so we're clear, uh, this is a, a statute that was written by a legislator. Um, it is a local option. Uh, we do not have the authority to add any constraints. It's, it's not means tested. Um, uh, we don't have the ability to put any limits on it. You either accept it or you don't. Uh, but but uh, what I was going to suggest is uh, why don't I send you some information so everybody has the, the information. And my suggestion would be just hear the debate and at town meeting. It's a citizen's petition at this point, And just vote, vote as you would. And again, this is the state offers isn't giving any kind of uh, help on this. They just said, well, go ahead and do it. It's, it's you know, off of our notes and we're not paying for it. Yeah, there are exemptions for uh, surviving spouses and children. Uh, so those uh, those exemptions are already already existing. Mm -hmm. so, so this is for, this is just adding in for, for parents. So 
want to give you this uh, there's some a, a packet of information with uh, with the details and uh, so want to get that to you folks and then you can you can make a, a an informed decision of what you want to do at town meeting I think a one way of mean testing that they really isn't discussed if you have a young serviceman who where actually is killed in battle or dies early in his career the parents they can be in their mid-30s that's one thing they're very young probably just starting out themselves with a home but you have some uh, lifetime career people they're in their 60s 50s and 60s and they're still going to you know their parents they're still going to get the check all that time these people have been uh, Listed, knowing this could happen to them. Yeah. Same as our police and our fire. So. I think the, the the toughest thing about this is you either accept it as it's written or you don't. The town has right. no authority to add any uh, a means test or any other uh, constraints on it. You either accept it or you don't. But let me get you so everybody has the actual information. I'll get you that information. And, um, and then you can listen to the presentation at town meeting and make your own informed decision, would be my recommendation. Just, a, just as a side note, no, nothing to do with that, but when I was in the service, people joined for many reasons. But I had several people in my group that joined just to get rid of their parents, to get away from their parents, they were abusive and everything else. So that's, there's no, there's no, like I said, there's no means testing on this. You don't know, in that case, why would you give something to the parents? Again, it's a citizen's petition, so. Any other conversation on that? I look for a motion to uh, accept all the articles that we spoke about tonight. Yes, Janice. I move to approve the committee's draft report as presented and to authorize the chair in conjunction with the town administrator to make any additional minor edits if needed. Janice made a motion to uh, recommend approval of the articles we discussed tonight. <coughs> Bob uh, D'Amico has seconded that. All in favor? All opposed? No opposition? The, uh, recommend the motion passes unanimously. So if you, uh, if you get home tonight and you, you know, you're having trouble sleeping and you want to read it one more time or tomorrow, uh, if you, and please look at it very closely so if, the, if you see anything, um, if you let the chairman know, uh, don't email everybody, just the, you can email the chair and get a copy to me. Uh, our intention is uh, this would go to the printers. This would go up on the website and uh, go to the printers on Monday and put it up on the website on Monday so people can see what your recommendations are in advance of town meeting. There will be printed hard copies uh, available at town meeting as well so people can follow along. We'll make one, uh, one note for those of you who have watched this and know, have seen that we've met with all these various department heads and with all the school committees and the schools going over this budget. For those of you who haven't uh, watched this and know how we've operated, uh, a lot of people say, well, you rubber stamp everything. We've heard this for many years. Everything we've approved again tonight, we haven't uh, disapproved anything. All the budgets came in very minimal. We have met with all the committees and this is, uh, our best recommendation, and we've worked with all the other committees as well. 
So I'd just like to point out that this is not a rubber stamp. We've all done our due diligence on this. So the next article is uh, to set our next meeting date, which will be on Monday, April 25th at 5 p.m. at the Algonquin High School. So, so at the that's the night of town meeting. So April 25th is town meeting. Town meeting again. I keep saying this to everybody. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Used to be seven for they like me for 20 years. It's well, it's 6 p.m. now. Um, so our meeting, all of the 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 boards typically will schedule. I will schedule you a meeting for five o'clock, an hour before that town meeting, and uh, and that's just in case something happens, some late breaking news. It allows uh, a chance for uh, for that to get communicated, and if you want that, and an opportunity for you to modify uh, your recommendations if need be. Uh, at a minimum, you'll meet and approve. You've got a couple of probably another set or two of, of minutes to get caught up on. And um, so we'll get you the information with regard to the room that you'll be meeting in. But, uh, but 5 p.m., the night of town meeting, and hopefully we'll be done by 5.30 if there's nothing to, to really do. And then, um, then you'll be back off to town meeting. So, All right. Uh, one other thing, Mr. Chairman, if I may, uh, I know I sent you a communication, but just uh, again, making sure everybody understands uh, the ARPA public input session that was planned for tonight. Uh, the Board of Selectmen at their meeting on Monday voted to move it. Uh, they're going to discuss the format of that meeting at their May 23rd meeting, which is their only meeting in, in May following uh, town meeting in the election. And the intent is to schedule the actual ARPA meeting for uh, sometime probably mid-June. They want to get it in while school is still in session before everybody goes on vacation uh, with enough notice for people to, to take advantage of that. So now, that money can be spent without the without having to go to town meeting. Yes, it's, town meeting. It's, considered, it's considered a grant and it's under the authority of the Board of Selectmen. Do you have any uh, comments, questions, or anything from the committee? Well, would Bob? Chairman entertain a motion to adjourn? Uh, not yet. Bob has. Well, the consideration of the selectmen could change at that point. Yes, it could. Well, so keep in mind it actually flips it over to the other side. Yes. So it's a, remember, this is a, uh, the, the funding is really going to be uh, expended over, you know, uh, two fiscal years with the, Pro, you know, it would be appropriated or released, and then uh, and then um, uh, we have a couple of years to spend the money once it's committed. So, you know, this is more than just a one year. Um, I, I refer to it as one-time uh, revenues, and they are one-time, but they're just to be used over a couple, two fiscal years because it, there's two tranches. It was released in uh, four and a half million dollars. Half of it was released. We already have. The other half will come to us shortly, um, probably sometime uh, um, this month or next month. But it'll be committed over the next two years, and it has to be expended by, I believe, December 31st of 2026. So, I just found it. I just found it funny that they delayed it after the election. Well, I'm suspicious. <laughs> well, the, the 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 trouble there was. You know, I picked the 14th because I looked at a calendar, and that was really the only place it could have we could have done it if you wanted to do it before town meeting uh, and before the election. If you wanted to do it 
uh, soon, it would have to be the 14th. Uh, it was on the heels of, you know, school vacation week and Probably. and uh, Holy Thursday, and, and so uh, it's fine. And there's nothing in terms of the timing, there's, honest, there's nothing pressing. Uh, we've delayed it enough that we're not going to get the orders for the equipment in in any advantageous way at that point. So it'll we'll be in the same mix with everybody else uh, if the money gets released. So. No other comments or I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. Second that. Second that. Jan has made a motion to adjourn. Uh, Nico seconded. All in favor. All opposed? Seeing no opposition, the, the motion to adjourn passes unanimously. So we'll adjourn <coughs> this uh, meeting, April 14th, Appropriations Committee at 7.33. Uh, 7.43, I'm sorry. <laughs>